You know, it's the dog days of summer out there, and records are being broken for temperatures across the country. But over at ACEC, our eyes are fixed on October, because that's when we're going to be holding our 2023 Fall Conference. That's right, and registration is open now for the event taking place from October 15th through the 18th in beautiful Austin, Texas. Now go over to our website, www.ecec.org FC to get all the information you need to register for this event. Now seize your opportunity to be part of the largest event in the engineering design service industry focused on the business of engineering where professionals attend educational sessions, major networking events, forums, roundtables, and more. Early Bird, again, ends on September 14th. Make sure you lock in the best rate possible. Go to www.acec.org FC for all the information you need. Again, the 2023 ACEC Fall Conference, Austin, Texas, October 15th through 18th. We'll see you there. The AEC industry is rapidly changing. But your team doesn't have time to reinvent workflows for every new technology or client demand. ProjectWise, powered by iTwin, puts you in control and positions your firm for non-disruptive change. Whether you need to improve design quality, optimize existing processes, or even get started with digital delivery and digital twins, ProjectWise enables you to make the most of what you already have without starting over. Visit go.bentley.com forward slash podcast to see how ProjectWise is empowering AEC firms to do more with less. Once again, that's go.bentley.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Council of Engineering Companies, and today I'm very pleased to welcome to the program someone who is well-known within ACEC, uh, Jerry Stump. He is president of STV's South Central Transportation Group, uh, but you might know him better as our former board chair and executive committee member and an active member on our Design Professionals Coalition. He is a very engaged individual with the council, and uh, we're welcome to the, to the program today to talk about a recent acquisition that just uh, completed uh, that uh, STV has acquired American Engineering Incorporated, uh, a firm in the uh, southeast in uh, Kentucky and Georgia. And to talk about that, uh, please uh, welcome to the program, uh, Jerry. Jerry, uh, thanks for taking the time to join us. Thanks, Jeff. Always a pleasure to to talk with you and, and interact with ACEC for sure. Absolutely, and 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 this is a this is an acquisition that just recently came through in in, in early June. Um, actually, it's, now it's August, believe it or not. So it's it's about two months old. Um, what is what does the acquisition mean for STV? And I guess you know your your firm. Let's take a step back. I mean, STV has a long and storied history uh, from really starting over a hundred years ago in New York. Uh, growing into a national firm with a very diverse footprint and portfolio of business. Um, How does AEI, the acquisition of the firm, kind of complement or add on to what STV is looking at doing? 
Yeah, that, it, it certainly does add on, Jeff, and I appreciate you um, talking a little bit about our history. We, we are uh, extremely well established in the infrastructure market, but, um, you know, specifically looking at AEI, um, first of all, you know, we're excited to partner with AEI. They're a great company with a great history. Um, but all of the acquisitions that we make are for strategic reasons. So we don't acquire for gross sake. There, there has to be a strategic reason for that acquisition. And in this case, what we saw was an opportunity really to strengthen a rapidly growing part of our company mm-hmm. uh, geographically in the southeast and increase our ability to, to serve key communities and clients in what we see as a really strategic corridor of the U.S. Mm-hmm. So if you look at where AEI is located, and you mentioned Kentucky, Georgia, Tennessee, uh, Indiana, that, that that corridor is a really strategic one in the U.S. And um, so that was a, a big contrib- contributor to why we looked at the, the acquisition and partnership. I think the other thing for us, you know, infrastructure, and you mentioned this already, infrastructure funding is at record levels. The demand for professional services increasing in the southeast uh, part of the U.S. continues to experience record growth in population and demand on their infrastructure network. So all of those things kind of added up to uh, strategically AEI just made a lot of sense for us. Yeah. I, I, I would imagine you made a good point about population flow and growth, the investments happening in the southeast in that quarter. Um, you know, what are the markets within that in the infrastructure space that you see or that are probably going to be the most promising from your perspective? Um, well, with the addition of AEI specifically, you know, they, they are a leader in geospatial services, mapping, advanced surveying technology, geotechnical, uh, kind of all of the front end services, if you will, of, of the types of projects that we deliver. Uh, they also have a really good capability in their transportation, planning and design, private infrastructure, um, mega site planning and design. Uh, they have a number of corporate clients nationally. So there are a lot of things in there that they kind of fit into that demand for infrastructure. Specifically, what we started to look at were, were some of the emerging trends in, in the, the infrastructure needs, right? So the, the funding has taken a little bit of a different um, hue than, than in the past. Uh, part of that due to ACEC's efforts and uh, I think a recognition on, on the part of a number of individuals that, that the demand was just far outstripping the commitment we were making to infrastructure. But what's coming out of that is, are some opportunities for uh, larger projects, uh, for emerging type technologies, whether that's electrification of vehicles or, or grid expansion or whatever. Uh, but those are things where AEI has some unique capabilities that, that really strengthened our ability to serve those markets. Mm-hmm. You, know, you mentioned electrification and some of the non-traditional or emerging technologies that are coming out of the newly uh, uh, recently passed infrastructure bill and um, you know bills following up with that, the CHIPS Act, for example, and, and, and the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. Are, do you have any projects that SDV is working on or about to break ground that were tied in with that funding? Have you guys gotten to the point where that funding is now being deployed or are you still kind of in the planning stages on projects that could be funded by those pieces of legislation? Specifically talking about electrification, Jeff? Mm-hmm. 
or, yeah. or or any of the any of the uh, of, of the programs that that were under IIJA or or CHIPS or IRA. Right. So uh, as far as IIJA, we, we're involved with a number of projects. Some, you know, some of the um, premier projects in the country, like a Gateway Tunnel or a Hudson Tunnel or, you know, several of those kinds of projects, which benefited greatly from from the new funding bill. Um, so we are involved in a number of those things, specifically on the, um, the electrification and some of the emerging um, types of services. You know, we are a little bit unique in, in our industry. We, we have a fleet management practice, which uh, works with rail and transit and other transportation clients across the country in managing their fleet of vehicles. And so one of the things we've been doing for several years now is fleet conversion. So conversion to electric vehicles, um, zero emission type uh, activities. And we've been involved in that for, for several years now. I think that's the front end of what we're about to see, which is a much broader trend of electrification in general. Um, and so we're looking at opportunities there as well. Uh, we've been involved in a few of those projects, but a number of those are just starting to come online. Uh, so I think that's going to be something that you're going to see grow pretty significantly over the next several years. Um, you know, and, and AEI has some unique capabilities in that market. They also have a, a geographical presence in a number of those locations that I think are going to see heavy investment over the next few years. You know, you, you mentioned how STV approaches M&A and activity and, and essentially the it's not done for growth sake, but done for strategic investment to either add on capacity or to uh, build out capacity in, in new areas of, of the country where, where you might not have a large presence. We've noticed an, an uptick in M&A activity across the board in the industry. Um, you know, is that... Uh, well, what what do you what do you think about that as far as you know the causes? I mean, outside of just you know natural growth of a company, but is it a question of the fact that that it, it's hard to grow organically because of the limited talent pool out there to actually bring on the employees that you need or the specialists that you need? So you have to look elsewhere to see if you can add that capacity through M and A instead of the organic growth, or is it just mainly kind of a maybe a change in, in, in the way that businesses are, are operating where M&A becomes a much more attractive um, option today than it might, might have in, in the past. What, what's your take? Yeah, I think it's really a combination of several of those things, Jeff. There, there is certainly a shortage of technical professionals in our industry, and, and that's not anything new, right? We've been dealing with that for a number of years. ACEC has been heavily involved in advocating for, for new ways to increase that pool of, of technical talent, but, but that's something that all of us in this industry are dealing with. Uh, so it, hard, it is hard to grow organically at the pace that, that we would like to. So I, I certainly think that's a factor. Um, I think another thing we're seeing is, um, you know, we look at infrastructure as being a local business. Uh, so we want to serve our clients locally by having a geographical presence there, being in their community, being uh, in the organizations where they are understanding their needs and, um, and the challenges that they face. But we also look at it as bringing national resources to that effort. And to do that, you really have to have a big footprint. 
Um, and so that kind of leads to that M&A um, possibility as well. So marrying up the, the local service with the national resources, but you have to be in a lot of those locations. And I think the other thing that, that's really emerged over the last several years, and I think it's going to increase as the, the funding really comes online, um, our clients are faced with tremendous challenges in delivering their programs. Uh, and just like we in the private sector have, have noticed a shortage of talent, uh, they too have, have seen their forces dwindle and the inability to uh, replace them with, with um, professionals is a challenge for them. And so you look at, um, in some cases, having a diminished workforce on the public side and yet a growing program and funding to do things that have been pent up for several years. So the challenge of delivering those programs with reduced resources means that the opportunities that, that we in the private sector see uh, to, to partner with them in delivering those programs are going to be much larger and much more complex. So, again, the, the shortage of talent and ability to bring in those kinds of resources organically leads you to supplementing that with, with an M&A policy a lot of times. Yeah, you raise a really good point there because I think a lot of the time for uh, outside observers – even sometimes policymakers, they look at, of course, the engineering industry, the private sector or the engineering industry, you know, wanting to, to, to grow its ranks. And, and at the same time, they might not immediately think that we also are focused on the State Departments of, Ed, of Transportation and those eight entities to have the same staffing capacity that they can actually get the projects approved and move through the process and that they have the people on staff that have the experience and the, and the knowledge to move those projects forward. Cause that's the only way you can get, you know, you get things done. Um, and uh, to your point, you know, that there, there has been a drain of resources. We hear it across the country through our federation that state departments of transportation can't get people back in the office or they can't, they can't keep them. They're, they're leaving and that doesn't help anyone. Um, you know, in, in, you know, have you, have you noticed, um, you know, in your experience and in, in working with, with across, you know, regions in, in, in the Eastern part of the United States, you know, any States that are really taking note of that and acting on it, or there, you know, is it, is it something that is, is kind of being addressed equally amongst state departments of transportation? Yeah, I, I certainly don't think it's addressed uniformly, let's put it that way. Um, you know, each state tends to have their own approach to things and and how they look at delivering their program, whether that's through, um, you know, uh, some states are a pay-as-you-go uh, philosophy. Some states are heavily leveraged. Uh, some states like to pull all of their uh, financial resources up front and, and plan out programs that way. So I think everybody approaches it a little bit differently. Uh, what we have seen are, are some states have been much more proactive than others in looking at the funding that's coming online and will continue to come online federally and then leveraging that uh, with their local funding. And then, of course, private um, partnerships, as public-private partnerships as well. So there's a, a, a lot of difference from state to state on how they're looking at that. 
One of the things that's been pretty common, though, is that a lot of our state agencies and and, uh, even local agencies to some degree are seeing that um, expertise within their organization uh, retire. Yeah. Right. And so the shortage of talent over the last number of years has meant that there's a gap uh, in that middle management or middle expertise, Mm -hmm. technical track, uh, just like we see on the private side, the public sector sees the same thing. So while they're seeing a lot of their corporate knowledge and expertise retire, they're unable to replace that. Uh, from within the organization. Mm-hmm. And so then they're in, in effect competing with the private sector for those kinds of resources. Yeah. Some have chosen to um, try to grow their organization, uh, whether that's through uh, heavier recruitment or, or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Others have taken the approach that what they really want is a very strong management team, yeah. a team that understands the industry and understands infrastructure and understands how to deliver a program, but not necessarily do all of the planning, the design, the construction services, all of those types of things. They look to the private sector to bring that expertise, but they want to make sure they have a strong management team to manage the program and deliver. Yeah. And that model seems to work extremely well. And I know that's something ACEC has encouraged for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but that model seems to work really well yeah. uh, for both the public sector and private. Yeah, I think for any anyone out there in uh, the policy world listening uh, to this episode, take note of that because it's that uh, uh, we want both sides of the equation to be robust because it's the best way to deliver on the taxpayer dollar, especially when it comes to major infrastructure projects. Um, yeah, I think question. one of the things that, that I know we focused on uh, for for several years now is communicating that message of mm-hmm. we want a strong partner on the public side. Uh, yeah. We're not looking to uh, replace everything that, that our state agencies do, or our DOT partners do. What we're looking for is a really strong partner there that understands um, infrastructure and, and how to deliver and how to take advantage of the resources that the private sector brings to bear. That's when we all win is, is when we have that that partnership. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, I know STV, again, you know, recently celebrated uh, its anniversary. It's it's it's, um, you know, 100th anniversary. And, and now that uh, um, you have a new strategic plan in place, we talked to uh, your CEO, Greg Kelly, of course, while he was with uh, um, uh, his previous firm, um, he worked uh, on our planning cabinet on our own ACEC strategic plan and led that charge. Uh, how, how important is it from from your perspective and leadership at, at the firm that, that you have that strategic plan in place? And, and how is it being implemented to, to kind of drive the path forward uh, for STV into M&A activity like the AEI acquisition and other areas? Yeah, I'm, I'm a firm believer in strategic plans and, and the importance of um, having those plans in place, uh, whether that's an organization like ACEC or an organization like STV. Um, so I think having that plan in place now as a company is, is extremely valuable. Um, certainly M&A is, is one area where that uh, strategic plan gives us some direction and, and some vision into what we want to be and, and what we want to um, um, 
be able to provide to our clients. Um, but I think a lot of the management decisions that we make um, come back to that strategic plan. At least they better. Um, you know, you spend the time and, and you, you engage your your company and the resources throughout the company in developing that plan. And then I think you have to be disciplined about following that plan. You know, things change a little bit and, and you make little tweaks here and there, but that plan really needs to be your guiding document. So when it comes to AEI, that as I mentioned earlier, uh, that was what we looked at is what are we trying to accomplish strategically and, and what firms are out there that can help us do that. And, and AEI fit that bill really well. And so it benefited us greatly to have that plan in place to know what we were really looking for. It also benefited us in terms of communicating to them why we were having conversations, right? It wasn't just to grow or, or whatever. It was for these strategic reasons. And here's how they and, and their uh, employees fit into that broader strategy. So being able to communicate that was extremely helpful. Uh, first of all, in the conversations about do we partner and get together, but then in the integration efforts as well, we're able to point to that strategic plan and say, here's where we're trying to go. Here's where all of the pieces come together and, and the role that we all have in fulfilling that vision. Yeah. Yeah, and, and integrating those two businesses is never easy, um, but having that strategic plan in place to kind of uh, guide culture and direction uh, definitely helps um, remove any ambiguity on, on exactly why uh, the uh, the acquisition is happening. No, exactly. Uh, so is there anything else that you would like to add? I know we covered a lot of ground here from, from the bills to, to, to the acquisition. Um, anything else from, from your perspective? over at STV or just as an engineering uh, executive in the field um, that you want to communicate to the audience? Well, I, I appreciate the opportunity to, to have the conversation. Um, you know, like most in our industry, I'm, I'm passionate about what we do. Um, I think, you know, we, we, a lot of us on, on the technical side, I am an engineer, get into the business from a, a problem solving standpoint, uh, a love of that um, analysis and um, type approach to things. Uh, but then a, as you get into the business a little bit deeper, you know, you realize it's really all about service. Um, and so, you know, we're really focused on community service, um, trying to make communities better everywhere we're, where, we're, where we are located. Um, you know, we're trying to, um, connect people and places and the present to the future. That's part of our strategy, but it all comes down to service. Uh, and so the opportunity to um, work with our clients across the country and understand their needs and their challenges and then come up with solutions to, uh, to meet those demands and challenges is really uh, extremely gratifying. And uh, our industry is one that uh, allows that opportunity on a regular basis. And, so I'm always grateful for that. Um, grateful for the work that ACEC does. You mentioned my involvement there. It's, that's been an industry I've been in or, or an organization that I've been involved with for a number of years and uh, just continue to benefit from uh, uh, everything that, that ACEC does. And SDV is certainly proud to be a partner with, with you in, in those types of efforts. Um, you know, I, I 
would encourage anyone that's listening that um, is trying to think about a career track or a future, uh, certainly consider the engineering industry. Um, it's, it's one that's grounded in public service uh, and yet allows you to utilize the, the analytical skills, the, the, the thought process skills, and a lot of the things that, that we all have um, in some very unique ways and the opportunity to work on some really iconic projects across the country. And when you think about infrastructure, it really touches every single thing that we do every day. Uh, and to, to be able to be involved in that industry and, and work on projects that affect people in that way, uh, it's just an extremely satisfying thing. Uh, I, well, well said. I, I think that one of the great things about the industry for anyone out there who is uh, exploring it as a possible career choice or is, you know, looking to grow within the industry is just to look at what's done by the member firms of ACEC, STV included. You know, it's that it's problem solving and it's the application of, of the sciences and, and analytical thinking and a lot of technology increasingly slow so to to improve things to make things better i mean that that is what engineering does it's an industry that actually takes something and leaves it better than it was before or sees a problem and finds a way to solve it and to the benefit of everyone um and that is something which you know our our our, our board chair jay wolverton makes the point of is saying that we have to accept our own value and understand our own value because it'll help us you know fight for our best interest when it comes to, you know, business operations is the fact that engineering's value is essential because we improve the quality of life. Um, so anybody out there who is a who is at a firm, a licensed PE, recording this on August 1st, August 2nd is National uh, uh, PE Day, Professional Engineer Day. Jerry, you're a PE, so congratulations. Uh, uh, it's, it's good that uh, NSPE is a... Uh, marks that uh, first Wednesday in August as the uh, as a day to recognize our professional engineers but uh, you know it's 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 a great it's a great industry to be in so um, and also anybody out there who's looking I mean STV is a great firm so you know check them out stv.com and uh, you know they're they're all across the country and they do great work so uh, thank you Jerry again for uh, being part of the program today and we look forward to seeing how uh, the uh, acquisition and the integration goes and to uh, hopefully see you at the uh, fall conference uh, later on in October well I'm certainly looking forward to to the fall conference Jeff and I appreciate that and I uh, would encourage uh, all of our member firms to to be there and participate see all the great things that that ACEC is doing and I appreciate your plug for STV it's a special place to be um you know we we all like to say that but um but STV truly is a special place um and we have a lot of opportunities right now for for talented people and um, so we're, we're always looking to, to bring them into our organization for sure. Uh, I appreciate the chance to be with you today, too. Well, thank you again, Jerry. And this has been an episode of uh, the Engineering Influence Podcast from ACEC. We'll see you next time.